Over 30 years of advice for your house, home, castle, or cabin. Y'all have things you want to get done. It's Rosie on the House. Yes, it is. This is the holiday special edition of Rosie on the House. Our Christmas, Hanukkah, celebratory season. And we are taking calls. If you'd like to talk about a project you are trying to tackle around your house, home, castle, or cabin, you can give us a ring by dialing 1-888-767-4348. I've got a lot I want to talk about this hour. I want to talk about insulation in particular. We want to talk about Christmas shopping, manners, uh, and tactics and strategies. We want to talk about urban heat islands, and we want to talk about windows. That's all to come, but right now, let's go to the phone. Miss Lynn called with a particular question. Let's see if we can help her out. Good morning, Lynn. one 767 rosie for you if you'd like to join the conversation Hi, about your home, castle, or cabin, and text can be sent to 411-923. Yes, Lynn. Hello. We can hear you. Go ahead. Hello. Can you hear me? Sure can. Hello, can you hear me? We can hear okay. you. Okay, hi Rosie. Thanks for taking Okay. Thanks for taking my call. You bet. Happy Saturday. Yes. We are in we are in Tucson and we have a south facing backyard with a seventy four foot patio um, and eight peeled Vega poles that we are wanting to um, find out the best way to maintain them. We built the patio ourselves and uh, flooded it uh, with the product flood 15 years ago. Good. And now, we're, Good. again, we're needing to maintain it. And in our research, we were told we cannot put the product flood on top of flood. It would be a mess. And only to do the dry areas of the Vega poles. Uh, so we're kind of confused on how to maintain these Vega poles and with what product. And I understand flood is no longer going to be produced. So yeah. can you help me? There are, there are comparable products, uh, flood products made of a particular wood preservative we really liked called Wood Life, CWF Wood Life. And that's what we've used for decades on exposed Vegas. Lynn, how far do these Vega tails extend out? passed into the exposure how far do they extend out past I, into are the they, exposure are, are they a foot off sticking off the, out of the side of the wall are they um the header that goes the whole length of the patio the header goes the whole length of the patio so the entire vega is exposed Yes, except okay. of course the back side. You know the back side when we walk out our slider. But yes, the the vehicle poles are all the way out there. Okay, there isn't any question in my mind that I would use a penetrating oil sealer and soak it and saturate it as best you can, and then I would cap the tops of all those vegas with a flashing. We do that very often with copper. And you roll it over the top of the Vega. 
you put two little quarter-inch drip edges so as the water comes rolling off the top of the Vega, it drips away from the Vega. It protects the top of the Vega from the sun. It's a very handsome, very authentic southwest touch to finishing off Vegas and making them very near maintenance-free. That would be my one suggestion. And you're in Tucson. And this would be a much more permanent solution. It's going to cost a little bit more, but you're not going to have to do anything for a long, long time, if ever. Um, There is a process that a gentleman named Steve Williams has developed where he makes a fiberglass mold that looks just like wood, colors it just like wood, puts it over your Vega, and water seals it and attaches it to you know the structure. And so it looks like wood, but it's fiberglass, which is a much hardier material against the sun. And you can look at his website, fiberglassvegatails.com. Uh, he is in Tucson. But he does service as far north as Phoenix, as far south as Sierra Vista. Uh, 248-0662 is his number. So Tucson, you're obviously in the 520 area code. And I would look at that as an option as well before you spend a lot of time. At least gain Steve's wisdom and experience on what could be done. And when you look at the examples of what he's done on his website... It sells itself pretty pretty I think, easily. I think I may have misunderstood. Our vehicle poles are holding up the patio. They're not coming out. They're yes. holding up the patio. Yeah, okay. he, he, he can wrap vertical ones just the same. Oh, I, yeah, I appreciate that, but I don't think we're interested in having anybody wrap them. I just need to know um, what how to maintain these without a wrap. Okay. What product? Just, we we did go down the wrong trail. We assumed we were dealing with horizontal vegal tails, vegan tails, and roof rafter situations. On a on a vertical situation, uh, Lynn, I would just get to Sherwood Williams Paint Store, let them know what you have applied to the Vega pole, and they'll be able to get you the right product. It will be a penetrating oil. And you're going to want to probably, I think you mentioned this was a few years old. You're going to want to be in the habit of hitting those regularly, uh, at least for the next couple of years, at least two or three times a year. Once you get that little bit of built-up saturation within the, the, the depth of the, of the Vega pole, uh, you can stretch that out a little bit farther. But for the next couple of years, apply it two or three times. Sherwin-Williams Paint Store. And, and I still would just go to fiberglassvegatails.com, look at it. I mean, you're not going to, even that that's not what you want, just to be aware that that's out there. He can do a horizontal, vertical headers. Um, I mean, it looks just like wood, and it's a, we, a, a, a long-term solution. And, Lynn, if you'd like to send us a photograph uh, to rosieonthehouse.com, we could certainly take a look at it and see what level of uh, aging and wear and tear the sun and the water has done to the Vegas. Uh, but that, that's where I would start. Take pictures of it and get into a Sheridan Williams paint store. Well, we've got the holiday season here. 
we uh, we have just sent the big shipment of 2022 Rosie on the House homeowner maintenance calendars out. I checked you, my PO last night and it was there. Mom got hers a couple days ago. We uh, sent out hit pallets, pallets of them. I got mine two days ago. All right. Very good. That's always our test. When we get our own, then we know uh, they're coming through. You should have ha- You should have as well. But 2021 is not over yet if you have your 2021 home maintenance calendar. And in particular, if you still have a wood-burning fireplace, our friends at Arizona Chimney Sweep have a $25 off cleaning service. But it's not just for chimneys. It could be dryer vent and air duct as well. And then... Um, the Rosie E store, it's, it's interesting in our calendar, we printed 15% off, but we actually made it 20% off. So everything in the Rosie on the house E store with the promo code Rosie is, uh, you can check out at 20% off. Actually it's Roth. Roth, R-O-T-H, Rosie on the house, R-O-T-H. Thank you, Gary. So those are all out. If you're shopping for, uh, uh, gift ideas for the handy person in about and around your house, home, castle, or cabin. You might be able to find something unique right there at rosyonthehouse.com. Practical, usable items. Yeah. Uh, you had some comments about an article the Red Shirt Contractor sent out this week, uh, as well as about what you're finding out about regional local housing industry, uh, the status of the well, housing. A few highlights from the week. This week, the annual Economic Outlook Lunching by the W.P. Carey School of Business at ASU was talking about the positive outlook for 22 for Arizona. Talk about the home prices, and everyone that was here in 08 remembers the crash, and they don't see it being anything like that in the near future, one of the main reasons. The prices in Seattle, Denver, and California are still so much higher, even though the median home price in Arizona is up to 475000 still cheaper uh, by square foot than any other major market in the you know, mountain West Coast region. I'm walking down the street in a community called Alpine, Arizona, and a man's walking up the sidewalk who I went to high school at Saguaro High School in 1972 with. I haven't seen the man in 30 years. He became an attorney, had a private practice and a home in Carlsbad, California. And I'm bumping into him in Alpine, Arizona. He said, Rosie, we're all coming here. He says, for what I sold my house for in Carlsbad, I could have bought the Alpine Country Club. (laughs) 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 So he's got a beautiful home in Alpine, retired working from, you know, digi- uh, uh, virtually, digitally, when he needs to. But uh, he, a house of, of a 70-year-old home in Carlsbad that he paid two ten for, he sold in nine hours for $1.4 million mm. cash. Hello. That's some equity. Now, you can go to Alpine and buy yourself a real nice house and have some cash left over. <laughs> for pie. <laughs> If you're a subscriber to our weekly newsletter, um, we have a survey in there about the radio program, and we have a couple questions in there. It's an opportunity to hear back from you, our listener, about your favorite content, favorite hour, how long you've listened, how'd you find it. So 
we would like you to take that. You can go to rosieonthehouse.com. And in the quick links, you can find a link for the survey there. And what I bring that up right now is I was looking at one of the survey results and somebody in the comments said, just don't talk about anything political like you did last week about people moving over from California. And I thought, <laughs> how is a How's fact about people moving from one state to the other political? So I, I didn't quite understand that feedback, but we'd love to hear your feedback. You can find the survey link at quicklinks at rosieonthehouse.com. Ho, ho, ho. At Rosie's house. It's our Christmas Hanukkah season special edition of Rosie on the House. And a big part of this season is wrapping up your commitments, your objectives, your goals, and your budgets for this year, as well as looking forward as to where you're going to set your goals for all those things next year. And we'd like to bring in a special friend. This is a retired lieutenant colonel from the Air Force who just happens to be the president of Habitat for Humanity, Central Arizona, Lieutenant Colonel Jason Barlow. Mr. Jason, thanks a million for coming in and joining us today. You bet, Rosie. Thanks for having me. Good morning. I, I still tingle down my back when I think about the walk we took of your 3D printed home. That was an awesome project y'all got done. Yeah, thank you. You should see it now. I'm telling you, it looks amazing. I was just there this morning. In fact, I'm on my 10th home we have under construction in the Valley uh, this morning as I tour around and saying Merry Christmas and thanking our volunteers by the hundreds that are out here working with us today. And that 3D home really looks spectacular. But I tell you what, we've got three re other stick-built homes on each, two on one side, one on the other of that 3D home, and they're all coming along great, too. That's awesome. Now, one of the things that inspired me walking the property with you that day is you had a particular take on that home. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to summarize it as best my feeble memory can remember. More house, less money, less time. What, what exactly was your quote? It was awesome. Well, I, my, my theory, which I don't think is going to, well, isn't going to prove true on this one, because this was the first one we'd done. Yeah, this sure. is the first 3D printed home Habitat has done in the country. And so my take on it, based upon the research we did and what was presented to us, was I think we could build a home in half the time with half the cost and half the waste. And uh, like I said, this one isn't going to be that home because it was an infill. But I think if we could build... If you could put five or ten together, maybe two-story, because this printer could do three-story homes, and you'd have to have some code changes to make it all work, you know, be a little more economical. But I think I think it holds real promise. Uh, and, and people are still looking at it. We give tours every single week of the home. And, uh, I mean, all kinds of people are interested in that technology. And you read about it all the time. There's more 3D printing going on all across the country now particularly neat concept y'all accomplished this year but y'all y'all build homes uh, y'all at one time y'all were the largest habitat chapter in america are y'all still we're the third largest affiliate in the country okay but we're the number one affiliate in the country for serving families that's is, awesome uh, pretty special pretty how, special how could our listeners participate in your campaign 
for building affordable housing in our local communities? Well, we would love, in fact, right now I'm out here at 57th Drive and McDowell on our two U.S. Vets homes. We're building two five-bedroom homes, all with volunteers, and we're going to give them over to U.S. Vets, and it's going to be, they're going to be used for homeless female veterans. And we need more vet, veterans, more volunteers to come out and help with that. All of our projects, can, uh, most of the time, can use volunteers. But I always tell people to help Habitat, go to our website, which is Habitat, C-A-Z for Central Arizona, dot org, and you can shop, you can donate, or you can volunteer. Uh, and uh, anything like that would be super helpful. Now, Mr. Barlow, how much construction experience do I have to have to be willing to donate my efforts at hanging sheetrock or setting a door, uh, installing some cabinets. Right. That's a good question. I mean, right down on 12th Avenue, we have seven homes under construction right now. It just came from there. And, uh, they're up on the roof, putting on the, putting on the roofing material. And one of the guys was saying he, he wished he'd have paid more attention in shop class in high school because he doesn't remember even how to use a hammer. But uh, we take, we'll take anybody. We, we've got, in fact, what's really cool this morning, we have the U.S. Marine recruiting group out, and there's probably 25 Marines or recruits, high school students who want to join the Marines. And I think it's so cool that the Marines thought Habitat would be a proving ground for their future Marines because they were telling me, you know, it's all about service and attitude, and they were just all over a couple of homes down there working like crazy. Well, no experience needed at all. That's awesome. And you would just go to Habitat, C-A-Z, CentralArizona.org. There's a tab right there at the top of the homepage, Volunteer. It'll lead you through the program on how to get involved, as well as there is a tab for donations. We have been involved in uh, Arizona uh, uh, in the public eye for over 30 years, and we were approached by literally every care organization on the planet. And about 15 years ago, we said, look, Habitat is about housing. Let's take our support we spread so thin over the entire surface of Arizona and concentrate it at Habitat. And that's what we've done. I would encourage you to consider doing the same. Thank you, President of Habitat for Humanity, Central Arizona, Mr. Jason Barlow, and congratulations. Rosie on the house. Hope everybody's having a great Saturday. I imagine people scurrying around from store to store and maybe doing a little tidying up before company. That's all things we got to get done this or afternoon. Or computer to computer. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, we just got through with a great conversation with Jason Barlow of Habitat for Humanity. And I wanted to give, uh, they're one of our favorite charities. And another one of our favorites is MAM, Military Assistance um, mission. And that's run by Margie Bonds. And Margie's become a friend. And um, she just, her story is that she lost a son in Iraq and she wanted to continue to give. Um, she likes to help the lower ranks of the military who need, who might be in a place to need help the most. And um, you can find her website, Arizona 
ma'am.org. And um, she has a really big, hmm? she has a really big um, banquet. Banquet coming. Well, not a banquet. It's, it's Operation Giving. It's okay. Sanderson Ford next weekend, where they uh, make sure all the families have lots of gifts to give and the kids get to shop for their parents. And she, she does a lot of special things throughout the year. But the biggest thing that they need, of course, is um, financial donations or volunteer time. I did ask her what their biggest accomplishment was this year. And she said that their biggest accomplishment was that they were in a place that they were able to help really supply some needs during COVID as people lost jobs and things. So they were helping with rent and stuff. Even were able to provide some laptops for school children. So they do a wonderful work. And uh, we would encourage you, if you're looking for a place to give, we we would highly recommend them. Let me repeat the website. Uh, It's Mm azmam.org. Okay. Just in case they looked at Arizona. Anyway, go. Yes, azmam.org. Very good. When we were talking with Jason, you mentioned the 3D house, and we do have some videos that we'll put together a little recap of our walkthrough. Um, out of the Wall Street Journal was talking about a, a company called Icon that's raised over $266 million in funding from both Lennar and D.R. Horton to develop more 3D printed homes, and they're working on a community outside of Austin, Texas on this. And, you know, what I really like about the 3D printed homes is it goes in any reason to go back to masonry over um, <laughs> wood framing home. I'm all about. No kidding. <laughs> and, you know, this is a, uh, you know, a concrete structure. Um, one of the interesting things about it is, you know, your waste is a lot less. When you get done with a framing a home, you've got these dumpsters full of you know, leftover lumber by cutting and trimming and sizing. So you don't have nearly the waste. But one of the interesting things, and this is why we always test things in Arizona, and when Jason said, you know, I think it could be cost less, is they had never put a 3D home in the Phoenix market. And if you stop pumping for five minutes, bathroom (laughs) break, going to get lunch, reloading the hopper, the concrete inside the tubes would harden. So then you'd spend half the day cleaning out your 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 machine to get concrete pumping back through. So figuring out that okay, if you're gonna print a 3D home in the Arizona desert, you do it like this week where it just rained on Thursday. You got moisture in the air and it's cool, and you can pump your pump your grout through your machine. So it'll be interesting to see the development of that. And what the registrar contractor sent us yesterday was. A comparison of the regions of America from New England all the way out to the Pacific about new home construction and the percent of homes being built that are new developments versus the percentage of homes that are either a teardown and rebuild or an infill on an existing, um, you know, vacant lot. So, like, for example, in New England, 41 percent of the homes being built are new development homes, master plan communities, custom built. In our region, the highest region, 72% of all homes being built right now are new master plan developments or custom home builds. Only 24% are on infill lots. 13% uh, are teardown and rebuilds. And, you know, that really surprised me, only 13%, because it seems like every neighborhood (laughs) you drive through that's over 20 years old has two or three homes. Dumpsters out in the driveway. That, you know, they're down to a brick. So yeah. the no no end to sight in the construction. But it's not all, um, I, and I don't know if housing developments like these count into that. What used to be Metro uh, Mall, 
which was in service from <laughs> 73 to last year, 47 years, uh, now abandoned. And it's going to be turned into what's called the village. It's going to be a self-contained community encompassing the light rail system, the expansion that's going to be going through that area. It'll consist of residential apartments, boutiques, retail stores, restaurants, bars, uh, its own central park, entertainment venues. It'll have 68 units of 100,000 square feet of retail and... Some serious repurposing going on yeah. there. Yeah. So, and I don't know if those 2,600 multifamily units apply to a, a new home data that's on the previous report. So, my guess is it's not. Because this comes from the National Home Builders Association. Okay. I don't think the National Home Builders Association is reporting off of multi-purpose compounds like this. So the amount of new living facilities could be even higher than that 72%. It's not something I thought of till just now, but uh, be interesting to, I'm going to pull that article back out and dig into it deeper. Does that include apartment buildings? The multifamily. In the Phoenix then, area around then, yeah. the central corridor. And then they divide it multifamily owned, multifamily rented. You see a ton of what the rebuilds where it might be four or five homes, uh, developers bought them all, rezoned it, and now put condos there. Den- density and going up is going to be one of the ways uh, we beat the incoming hordes. Uh, it's, it's, we're going to have to do it. We're going to have to do it. I mean, uh, Paolo Soleri told us that when he started Cosanti is, look, oh. we can't just keep eating up real estate. We've, we have to go vertical as responsible citizens of the globe. So I hope there's enough responsible citizens that go up that I can still stay out on my property. <laughs> <laughs> right? Oh, Don't we all wish that? Oh, boy. Well, one of the things we're talking about this time of year in the change of seasons, we're asked a lot. About Rosie, what's what's the right insulation I should have in my house? And that's a that's a little bit of a of a of a long story. If, if I always try and draw a picture, if your house is an envelope, you're trying to keep the inside of that envelope at a comfortable level, regardless of what's going on outside. When it's 110 and six percent humidity in july uh you want the inside of your home to be about 20 percent humidity 20 to 30 percent humidity in the mid 70s and in the cold winter freezing mornings there may be a little moisture outside it's got down right to freezing there might even be little icicles hanging out off parts of your house or your fence Um, inside you probably want it to be about the middle 70s. So in Arizona, below the Mogollon Rim, we're trying to stay comfortable in our home anywhere from freezing to 110 degrees. That's a big swing. So we take this envelope and we insulate it to make the impact of what's going on outside less significant to what's going inside. And insulation happens to be a fairly affordable building commodity. 
So a lot of homeowners think, well, it's cheap. So if a little bit is going to get me a little good, then a whole lot is going to get me a lot of good. And that's true, but it's not necessarily the smart way to go. We generally will insulate our attics to about an R40, okay? Uh, We will generally insulate our outside walls to about R20 in the 2x6 construction. So we're in good shape until we start poking holes in the envelope by putting in windows and doors and electrical receptacles on the outside wall. All of those are penetrations into our insulated envelope. A window, an open window, has an R value of zero. And R stands for resistance, the ability of the material to resist temperature change. In our top article of the week, I always tell what's on everyone's mind by the Articles that get searched in our do-it-yourself database. And insulation, thank you, Romy, for saving me there, um, is the topic. So we take this envelope and we punch a bunch of holes in it. We rate insulation material by what's called R-value. The higher the R-value, the more resistant it is to transfer of temperature. The higher the R-value, the better insulator it is. These holes that we poke in the envelope, doors and windows, every time we open a door or window, that's a R0 hole. No matter how much insulation we've spent money installing on the house, every open door or window reduces that efficiency of that insulation to close to zero. Okay? So I tell people, I would much rather you invest in a good window and a good door and don't overspend money on insulation. The closer we can get to a completely continuous R10 envelope, if you can insulate your attic to an R10, your outside walls to an R10, and if we could accomplish an R10 door or window, we would live more comfortably than we do with an R40 in the attic, an R30 in the outside walls, and an R2 or 3 hole poked in our envelope at every single door and window. And let me say this. More insulation isn't always the answer. If it's not installed correctly, its efficiency can be reduced by as much as 80%. So if you take a weekend project and go add extra insulation into your attic. And then for Christmas, Santa Claus brings you some sound around ceiling speakers for your new big screen TV. And you've got to crawl back up there and clear a pocket off the ceiling from the top to cut a hole to add that speaker. That hole in the insulation has just decreased the efficiency of the insulation of that entire room by 50%. So if it's not installed right, it's not worth installing at all. We use a lot of expanded foam around our exterior doors, windows, and electrical receptacles. 
It's a great way to seal up drafts. We like to apply it where the base plate meets the concrete slab. Just eliminate any of the drafts. So you can overspend an insulation. It's more important you spend appropriately. Don't over-insulate and make sure it's installed correctly. That's the key. Spend the money shading and screening your windows and making sure you've got good weather stripping on all your exterior doors. That is where you're going to find the low-hanging fruit in trying to accomplish a comfortable living environment inside your home. Is that expanding foam like that caulk that you, you put it on like a you apply it like a caulk that no, goes around? No, it comes that? out of a spray can, and you have to be careful. Yeah. Um, it does. There's special. It's messy. It's <laughs> it very is sticky. Messy. It gets over everything, and there are special door and window foams. I mean, you can use the wrong foam, and it'll expand so much that the door and the window closes and you can't slide or operate either the door or the window so be careful well i'm kind of excited about today today yeah we're going to go out to our little diner festivity, our our little post-broadcast lunch that we do every day. But then (laughs) I get to go to Sanders and Ford for truck shopping. (laughs) I'll see you at dinner, babe. (laughs) If I'm lucky. (laughs) Boy. Oh, man. Uh, I've I've got a couple they've set out back that that I want to test drive. And uh, oh, boy. Speaking of Sanderson, don't forget to sign up. We're back full force to the Arizona Staycation. Got a whole new list for the year and lots of good uh, contributors to the basket, too. So sign up. And I think our next month's destination is Sierra Vista, correct? The drawing for that is in four days, yes. Oh, man. Y'all need to sign up for that. I'll, I'll even come be your personal <laughs> tour guide. You're like, okay, Rosa. In the new Sanderson I, Ford truck, I, I guess. I won't yeah. intrude on your... Uh, privacy, but I will show you places in Santa Cruz County that are just magnificent. Well, some exciting news from this is out of uh, Electroverse. Our solar cycle 25 that we're in is seeing sharp decrease in activity. And what does that mean? Snow, baby. Lots of snow. Austria. Snow levels nationwide are nearing a 10-year high. And there's areas in Turkey that have been cut off from snow slides. Can you imagine? What's that movie where they get cut off? They do it to themselves on purpose. The bunch of hillbillies go take a bunch of women out of the town and then go through the snow seven pass. Seven brides for seven brothers. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Shoot their guns and shut off the snow pass for <laughs> a year. <the> <laughs> Not quite like that, but here in uh, America, Bear Valley between Tahoe and Yosemite's five-day snow forecast right now. 117 inches. Oh, man. 10 feet of snow. Wow. That's going to pour right into the San Joaquin Valley runoff. West Lake Tahoe is expecting 77 inches. If you're traveling through Arizona, just be aware. And Flagstaff along I-40, they're expecting gusts of wind up to 45 miles an hour. Four inches of snow below 6,000 feet. Above 8,000 feet, you could see as much as nine inches. And snowballs open, baby. 
Along with Sunrise. Yeah, well, along with Sunrise. That's right. So that just, uh be very excited to see what that will do to our runoff for next year. And one of the things. We'll take it. We'll take every <laughs> drop we can get. Every drop of water. And Tucson was featured in Water Online just about being the leading city of uh, water problem solution. They, they, and, they repurpose a lot of water. And what they've been doing back to the 80s um, for water conservation. And right now, you know, we talk about how Arizona, it's using as much water now as it was in the 50s with the population That's right. growth. And Tucson, the town itself, you know, in 2001 used about the same amount of water as they did in 1990 with 200,000 more people. Yeah. So just the... You know, we in Arizona are leaders in, in water conservation, water repurposing, water we, tools. We, we better be. <laughs> and one of the mm-hmm. things that they talk about that I finally, it, you know, I, we mention it here a lot, but I don't see a lot of other people pushing it. But it's, they call it the water energy nexus. And the energy conservation is water conservation. And one of the things that they're trying to do is the Tucson Million Tree Initiative to plant, to increase their tree shed shade canopy tucson could use some more shade which is the same thing city of phoenix is doing yeah that's a great initiative and they're trying to increase from 13 percent to 25 percent of a shade canopy just to reduce the cooling heat the energy load of, of electricity that comes in the summer heat and one of the other things that they're doing um which i think we can help them with this and, and this is uh, the, the Phoenix Initiative. It's also a what they call uh, a green roof, which is actually painting it white yeah. with reflective paint. Okay, all right. Aside from that looking extremely tacky on a pitched roof over tiles, there is a cork product that you can spray over it that's even more effective. Um, and it's something that one of our Tucson partners has started applying. I've, and it's amazing. These cork products stick to everything. Cork never goes above 90 degrees and never drops below 50. So it's a great insulating product. You could spray it to the top of your roof. You could color it any color you want so it can match the existing tiles you have. You don't mind some color fading. The new cork's going to look a lot better. But that'll be a great outsulation solution that won't be this tacky white reflective paint. In- innovations for reducing this urban heat island effect. That's cool. I'd I'd love to see that many trees in Phoenix and Tucson get planted. That'd be awesome. Energy conservation is water conservation. All right, it's the holiday season. Y'all mind your manners. Get off that, quit tailgating everybody. Put your shopping cart back up. Spread the joy.